Welcome to Revenue Marketing Television. I am your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today on the CMO Insights Series, we have Armin Najarian, who is Chief Marketing Officer of Threat Metrics. Armin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Appreciate it. You bet. So uh, we were just talking a little bit but, uh, before we started the recording. So a lot of transformation going on over the last two years at, at Threat Metrics. Could you give us a few highlights? Yeah, it's been a wild ride. It'll be two years for me in August, and um, in many ways, it was a uh, an overhaul of of all components of the marketing mix here at Threat Metrics. On the brand side, we're engaged in a um, a fairly you know, long term strategic relook at the brand, and we'll be unveiling sort of a rolling thunder new brand of Threat Metrics over the course of the next few months. And so, you know, more to follow on that. On the demand gen side of the house, it's been just as in-depth and, and we have you know, a lot to point to. New team, new tools, new processes, new campaign strategies. It's been, uh, it's been a big change across the board. So what do you th what's been, uh, I guess, the biggest challenge for you over the last couple of years? So I'd say there's been a, a, a personal challenge and I'd say more of a corporate challenge. The personal challenge is this is a space that um, in the, you know, we are in the cybersecurity space, generally speaking, here at ThreatMetrics. And while I've been in the world of B2B marketing virtually all of my career, I, I never really spent meaningful time in the cyberspace. And so coming up to speed on the, the industry and, and the, the terminology and the competitive set, um, you know, was a steep hill to climb up for the first six months. Uh, so that was, uh, you know, getting up that hill, at least most of the way, was a, a big opportunity for me to, to really lean into this role. And I'd say at, at a corporate level, you know, we're in a fast-growing industry, fast-growing company. The company um, year over year is growing at least 60%. We're wow. becoming a bigger company. Um, and so scaling this operation, you know, and, and making some of these large-scale transformations while operating the business and uh, you know not losing a step has been sort of a fun challenge to have at the corporate level. So you know, you've been running marketing for a while now, not just at Threat Metrics, but other places. Uh, do you find marketing changing? Is it becoming more like a business to run? It really is, and you know when I when I reflect on my own role and how I go about my day-to-day -day role. I actually don't even think of myself as a marketer. I think of myself as a business person first who happens to do marketing. And I think that sort of mental shift really helps guide me in the conversations that I have, the the breadth of of knowledge that I must uh, absorb and and you know who I interact with on a day-to-day -day basis. I think one good example is you know my partner in crime here at Threat Metrics is surprisingly the CFO. I spend a lot of time with the CFO. And um, you know, he and I work together on thinking through, I would say, investment allocations to you know how we go about really thinking through the metrics and reporting out on those metrics internally and to the board. Um, that's just been one example of sort of the, this business person focused uh, approach that I've that I've taken to this role. I'm really glad to hear you say that. I, I know for a lot of marketing executives, they can find finance a little intimidating. So uh, how did you get out over that hump? Have you been working with finance for a while in your career? So I actually studied accounting as an undergrad. So the language is somewhat familiar, familiar to me. I never worked a day as an accountant. Uh, I became an entrepreneur out of college, but I, I, I guess that, uh, that training in college uh, has had its effect on me. Awesome. So how have the people that you are hiring changing 
All right, what are the skills that you're looking for today? How are the team, dy team dynamics changing in 2017? Yeah, so I've rebuilt the entire team. Just to give you a little bit of context, I have a worldwide organization of, uh, of 21 people. Um, within those 21 is the, the BDR function, the business development rep function. Um, you know, if you leave the BDR team aside, you know, there's about, uh, about 15 folks around the world. Uh, I think the number one thing that I'm looking for, there's certainly skills we need and some technical skills we need, but that aside, it really comes down to leadership and fit. And those are the, the first two things I really look for. There needs to be, you know, for certain demand gen functions, a base level of proficiency with some of the tools that we work with. But um, if someone doesn't fit in the team or, or can't demonstrate leadership potential, it's going to be really hard to make a difference here at Threat Metrics. So how are you managing change? Because it sounds like you guys are going through a lot, both with your system growth, your revenue growth, as well as the changes that you're making to the organization. Um, so managing change, I'd say at a personal level, um, I've you know in hiring really good leaders, it gives me the opportunity to to delegate and and to allow the business to operate, and um, and that's been a really um, a really nice transition for me personally and for the company, so that I can focus on you know working with my peers across the business, working with my boss, the CEO, and you know getting out into the industry. Uh, so I'd say that's been one way to do it. I'd say the other way is, you know, in retooling the overall operations and rebuilding the dashboard for marketing at Threat Metrics, is having a, a set of a set of metrics that we look at on on a weekly basis. So there are five metrics my team comes back to me with every Friday night that I report out onto the management team every Monday morning, and and you know these are these synthesize I'd say the the different levers that we're pulling across the marketing mix and so having this sort of analytical view that can be succinct and that I can communicate to the management team or even to the board has been very helpful for me. So just five numbers, what are they? Let's see, I knew you were going to ask me that question. So we have um, we have two share of voice metrics, one for our corporate communications and basically our PR share of voice, one for our social media. We have new logo. Uh, uh, coverage. So we look at new logo pipeline coverage to revenue. We're currently pegged out at four times coverage. Okay. So we look at new logo coverage for uh, both our, our core direct business as well as coverage for our channel program. So that's four metrics right there. And let's see, the fifth metric. I knew you were going to quiz me. I'll remember that in a few minutes and come back to you, Jeff. I, I, uh, my mind has slipped me. <laughs> no, no worries. I wrote it down on a post-it for you earlier, but no, it's okay. <laughs> um, so uh, your views on MarTech, uh, too much, just right, need more, you know, what's your take? Um, I mean, there's definitely a lot of technology, you know, that, that, that famous or infamous landscape chart that, uh, that, that keeps getting more and more condensed every year. Um, I've actually used that chart in, in internal sales kickoffs when just talking about positioning threat metrics in a competitive space. You know, I can't imagine being in the MarTech space. and trying to position myself. As a consumer of technology, yes, there are a lot of choices, and you know, we're, we're a Salesforce Marketo shop at our core, um, but for example, you know, we put a stake in the ground a year ago and said, okay, we, we believe in this account-based marketing model, and um, you know, we're, gonna, we're gonna retool ourselves around that discipline. We actually met with, uh, uh, we met with the Engageo team very early on, and uh, you know, actually in late 2015 when they were just getting started in San Mateo and uh, onboarded the Engageo tool 
late last year. So it's just an example of you know really pushing the limits and you know moving away from a comfort zone around MQLs into you know this new world of marketing qualified accounts. You know retraining the you know my team and the management team around a newer set of metrics. That's great. So. How, what's your approach to the customer lifecycle? How much, because you talked in your metrics about coverage and share of voice, but how much of your effort is uh, geared towards top of funnel bringing in new logos uh, versus lifecycle marketing, cross-sell, upsell, retention, loyalty? Yep. So in the campaign investment allocation, you know, worldwide for 2017, uh, about two-thirds of my campaign dollars, program dollars, are going to you know new logo acquisition and about a third are going into install-based marketing. Uh, and that's a dramatic shift from years past. Uh, there, you know, one, of the, one of the opportunities when I joined this business was to actually have a dedicated install-based campaign program. And so you know, now you know, about a third of those dollars flow in there. Um, and then building, you know, building very specific programs around that. So for our new logo work, you know, where we're investing, continue to invest heavily, it's a worldwide program. We go to market by industry. You know, we build content by industry, and you know, instrument the uh, instrument the buyer journey. You know, we typically have four personas within a given industry that we speak to, um, and we do our best to map content assets along that journey for for each of those roles. Um, and the install base, we don't look at it by industry. We look at it by you know what what's your starting point from a product perspective, and you know where do we see the white space? And so it's you know obviously a different strategy, a different set of personas in some cases. And a different set of assets, so it's uh, you know it's created you know a, a lot of work from a, a worldwide planning perspective. But we're already starting to see the uh, you know the benefits of this very focused campaign strategy, you know, bifurcated campaign strategy. That's great. So, what are some of the early wins that you're seeing? So we uh, we launched a new vertical industry campaign into the insurance sector, where historically you know, we haven't really done a whole lot of work. We, we've Primarily been very successful in the banking sector and the merchant, the e-commerce sector, and payments. So those sort of three spaces we've historically done a lot of work. We knew that the insurance space was a close co cousin of the of the financial services space and, and sector, um, but you know a slightly different value proposition, different messaging, certainly different assets. And so we launched a, a dedicated campaign just about a month and a half ago. Uh, worldwide campaign. Um, we just closed our first big, big account, Progressive wow. Insurance. Already, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, and you know, in, in in all fairness, that conversation had been taking place for you know several months before we launched the campaign. Uh, we certainly were able to touch that account, you know, through our campaign and and ongoing communications. Uh, but we have a pipeline now, so we're shooting, you know, obviously for that forex coverage for our. Um, our desired revenue in this particular campaign, and you know we're progressing along nicely there with some really good marquee logos within that that sector. On the install base side, uh, we just launched our very first dedicated campaign, and that's all around a, a mobile SDK that we sell here at ThreatMetrics. And um, you know we have a very big install base footprint that either knew nothing about the mobile SDK or hadn't implemented it and it's free to implement and once it's implemented is when the revenue flows for threat metrics so just putting our campaign around that um, we had our first um, implementation directly tied to the campaign um, taking place right now and we got a pretty good pipeline behind that of, uh, of, of very valid prospects it's great so from a process perspective uh, it sounds like you've put in some processes around account-based marketing 
uh, processes around the install base, processes around uh, new verticals. What are some of the other things that you've been working on to scale the business? Yep, so I'd say you know, communication you know, with my team and across the team has certainly been a big part of it. Um, you know, how I communicate to uh, my boss, to the executive team, to the board. We happen to have a board meeting today, so you know, the metrics that I use there have evolved over time. I've just, this will be the first board meeting where I introduce some of the ABM metrics that I've been talking about for, for a long time. And uh, you know, they'll see now they start to be reflected in the dashboard. I think other types of communications, sort of the reach and frequency of internal communications have been really, really important. Just to align the troops, the, the general sales team at our sales kickoffs earlier this year, just really hammering home the, the strategies that we have in place and how we allocate investments you know, by, by industry, by region, um, you know, by install base versus new, right? Really explaining that rationale internally to the stakeholders has, has helped. Um, has helped people understand. So one example is, you know, North America, where we're very strong historically, um, but isn't isn't really the big growth area for us, right? We're still growing in North America, but the, the big growth is in Europe and Asia. And so, you know, by explaining the strategy to my head of North America sales, it became a much easier conversation to say, hey, I'm actually investing disproportionately higher in Europe and Asia for marketing programs and disproportionately lower in your region. But I think we'll be okay. And um, you know, he didn't. You know, we didn't have a whole lot of debate about that. He understood, given the strategy and you know the metrics that we have in place, sort of the rationale and the way that we can monitor that. So it's just an example of how communication has helped uh, make this transition and this and scaling this business a lot smoother. Oh, that's great. Um, so in closing, what advice would you give to your fellow marketing executive on approaching transformation? Yeah. So I would say, you know. Um, Study the space. You know, take the time to really understand you know what you want to transform. There's a lot you can bite off. You know, if you look across the three you know the three generic pillars of people, process, technology, it all matters for sure. And so you, you can try to attack little bits of it um, at a time or or move sequentially. You know, having a team, a core team, I would say is foundational. Uh, that's where I happen to start in rebuilding the team. And you know, thinking about different technologies, I had mentioned just a couple of the technologies that we use. There's definitely a sea change taking place in the B2B marketing sector, where you know the legacy Marketo metrics are still good and they're not going away. But you know, augmenting that with just some newer, newer ways to look at the business through an account lens, uh, really, really important. I would say, really think about how that affects your business. Um, and then this, you know, this process around communication. You know, within your team, across the company, up to the board, you know, just super important that you, you've got crisp, uh, dependable, and consistent communication styles. Great. Uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to speak with you, Armin. Uh, great insight, and it's easy to see why you're having so much success. So thank you for being on the show today. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks very much for having me. Take care. You bet.